Cause when you hold me, you make all things lovely You tell me take it easy, cause you love me completely I can't describe this feeling Yes, guys, we're back here with another episode of the 2911 Podcast. It's me, BN, here. It's Quavs. Squared. It's Axe. Yes, yes. I think this episode that we're about to do is very interesting. I don't think we've ever done an episode like it. We haven't. Have we not? Nah. I don't think so. You know, it might, it might link a bit to the judgmental episode kind yeah. of thing. Something like yeah. that, maybe. Mm, but I think mm. the third episode, because in this episode, we're going to kind of be looking at, like, what are the differences between, like, being, like, a Pharisee and being a true disciple of Christ? And kind of like what those two things can look like, and kind of like what were the Pharisees like, what were the disciples like, and kind of how that affects how we approach our walk. And I think just because of that kind of angle, and I think it's kind of different in a way. I definitely agree. And I think when I was, you know, when I was doing, um, when I was like kind of prepping for the episode, something that I think, I think that the, Fer- the Pharisees, yeah, have a little bit of a, uh, understandably at times, but I think sometimes they have more of a bad rep than they deserve. If you read the entirety of the Bible, Continue, they, bro. Because one that. So he's <laughs> <laughs> That's like, crazy though Like cool crazy So if I was to ask you guys Who are the Pharisees What would you say The reli- Like the religious Leaders Leaders Yeah High up in authority Teachers Followers Followers of Moses bro mm. Scholars A lot mm. of them scholars they, A lot of them were called scribes innit Because they were yeah. writing a lot Talk of the <clears throat> yeah, there were rabbis and that. Yeah. Like, but then they, they also were, had, you know, the Sadducees and them, man. And yeah, there's a couple yeah. other groups and there. They were like the Sanhedrin, which yeah. is like the. And because the Sanhedrin had both Pharisees and Sadducees yeah, in and it. Apparently, Pharisees, oh. there weren't a lot of Pharisees in the Sanhedrin, but they held a lot of power. Yeah, like Gamaliel, bro. Do you want to know Gamaliel? Yeah. He's the guy who. He was, um like, Paul was his young boy. Uh, That's who grew him up as a Pharisee. Oh. And the reason why I say that is because I've been reading Acts recently, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that some Pharisees were believers. Some of the first is it? Some yeah. of the first believers or Pharisees, are not And I feel like people Look at Nicodemus, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. But a lot of them Nicodemus. didn't renounce their status as Pharisees mm. when they became believers. Is that bad? It's never well, we'll get into that. And I think that sometimes when people think about Pharisees, they go straight to what Jesus said about them, which is not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think they sometimes get a bad name. And I feel like they actually had a lot of things that sometimes are decently good. They weren't I was even thinking about it like they are their stubbornness to following not necessarily following the 600 laws mm-hmm. but like their stubbornness to following god's law is something that people can pick yeah they're disciplined like they're disciplined, they're disciplined, they're disciplined. yeah they're disciplined in that sense like not necessarily but their their idea of why they were following was wrong yeah. but their stubbornness to actually follow it in a way like you can yeah, actually pick up that discipline really because like I don't know that sometimes, you know, because of being saved by grace through faith, you can you sometimes violate. think, oh, let me violate. But because yeah. they, in their heads, oh, if I do this, I'm going to, something's going to happen. They were disciplined. But that's like that, the motivation as to mo- why they were disciplined is wrong, wrong. But their discipline is to do it admirable. was yeah, admirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's put it that way. Um, no, like, and I think that's that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying I'm a first supporter, <laughs> but I think as I, as I was praying it, as I was praying it and taking it in, like I think that there's something that a lot of us could probably learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in that take, and like even for example, cool. I think one of the big problems that they had was kind of how they saw not just the law but also tradition. Certain tradition they held were a bit like they, added, the, they added a bit too yeah. much to script. But it's like when you look as a believer, what's the respect and the authority that you hold God's word to in your life? Just something that, yeah. Mm. A lot of people, like the Pharisees, bro, 
like cool some of them might have come up as ju- judgmental and whatnot whatnot but the way that they were willing to pull people up for violating the laws the way that they were kind of on themselves to follow the laws mm-hmm. yes the motivations were wrong but that same discipline and kind of respect and authority the sovereignty of what they saw what god said mm-hmm. i think is very interesting to say the that least is. but i think motivation is i'm not going to say it's everything but no, it's so important to write motivation. <laughs> yeah, if you're following no, god's law out of fear then it's not you're, yeah, it's, not really you're first john 4 19 there's no fear in perfect love which is christ so you're doing the wrong thing in it mm-hmm. plus no no for sure Plus, like, because we'll talk about the difference between, like, discipling, disciple and the Pharisees in the sense of, like, because they thought that they're the reason why they're going to heaven, like, their works oh. is the reason why, mm-hmm. then it birthed pride. Yeah. Whereas a disciple, because you know that Christ is the reason why you're going to heaven, there shouldn't be any pride. Yeah. Because, like, you're I both... I think that's arguably the major difference between the Pharisees and disciples. Yeah, because your What's it called? Your... Um, the Bible says in Second Corinthians, if you're going to boast about something, boast about the Lord. Christ. But obviously mm-hmm. for them, in a way, they can boast about their Them's works so, because no, it's like, bro, I'm the reason why I'm going to heaven, bro. Yeah. Like, look at me, I'm following 500 and certain laws, 600 and certain laws. And look at you, you can't even follow one. That's yeah. what I'm getting onto you. <laughs> you get That's basically what they were on, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they were genuinely... I'm in the temple all day and all that stuff. You get yeah. And I look at me, I'm a big boy, like, and you're just a little fish that you can't even follow two, two simple laws. And that's, the, that's one of the reasons why I guess Jesus got into them so much because you're being hypocritical because yeah. you're telling me I can't follow all of these but you're not following it perfectly either. You know, I think, you know, I think <laughs> that's you know why I, I, I haven't looked into like the science and the statistics of this but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of part of the reason why a lot more Pharisees came to the faith when Paul preached to them <clears> than <throat> Jesus because Jesus was the glaring opposite to what they were doing mm-hmm. and the fulfilment of the law and they couldn't handle that. Mm. Whereas when Paul is preaching about Jesus who's not in their face, mm-hmm. it doesn't hit their ego as much. Yeah. Whereas when Jesus is like, calling them a whitewashed tomb. Yeah, you're right, because right, especially, I think, <laughs> what was it in Matthew, when you really saw Jesus really getting onto them, I think there was one that stuck out. I remember like, something like this time ago, one sermon, I think it was like Matthew 9, when I was talking about, you know, when Jesus was helping the tax collectors and etc. and the Pharisees were just saying, like, oh, like, what are you doing? Type mm-hmm, of thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? And like Jesus was kind of yeah, getting on to yeah, them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Them, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's in Mark 2 as well. I was praying it. Yeah, mm. Mark 2 as well. And um, even like just what you're saying from that and what's Quab said, like the pride thing, I think it's in a way that, you know, some, something that we could also, like we can forget as well. You know what I'm saying? Like no, as definitely. we do strive, you know, to try and achieve, you know, what God's kind of fulfilled for us, that type of kind of like pride that, okay, cool, now that I'm at this level, I'm kind of now looking down at the next man. That's the thing that, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, there's Pharisees out there in this world. No, they're there's, out. That's, they're no, call a spade a spade, bro. I'm a humble guy, innit? But, <laughs> I straight drop. You know what I'm saying? But no, I mean, like, legit le- le- that because it's the, it's the case whereby it kind of removes some, it kind of removes because as you guys were saying about pride, I just had to just remember about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If pride was something that, well, opposing to pride was part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Am I right? Yeah, humility, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I was kinda like reflecting back on that, you know, even though they were following God's law, could you guys say that the Holy Spirit will be fulfilled? No. No, Is it that's the thing, it's about boasting in yourself. And I think that's why a lot of Christians are like Pharisees. And me Mm. as well, I've been guilty of it at times, whereby it's like because of your prayer life, because yeah, of how much scripture you know, because of this, because of that, it's like I'm serving in church. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm lit. And like, you know I think because the the Pharisees, like, even for example, that whole the the altercation in Mark two, I think it's verse fifteen to seventeen, where it's like, 
Why is Jesus sitting with these men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's all about superiority. That because of what they did, they saw themselves as higher. Mm. And if you see how different that altercation is to when the disciples are walking somewhere with Jesus and they're having a the debate about who's greater. And Jesus says, the one who's greater is the one who serves. Mm-hmm. You see how the, the, the Christocentric view of humility and, and position is so different to the Pharisees. Yeah. Whereas I think we have to check ourselves sometimes when it comes to how, how quote unquote, how lit we are, how much we've achieved, how much we can do. <laughs> where does the glory go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does the glory go to <clears throat> God? Like it's by the grace of God that I'm able to Bro. remember scripture or that I'm able to serve others. Or is it, I'm lit and these men aren't yeah. because I did that. Yeah. That's why like even bro, Ephesians 2, 8 bro, you've been saved by grace through faith, not by your own works. You don't boast about mm. it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And essentially I feel like, I feel like even in God's plan, I'm not God in it. So I can't say, I can't talk for him, but like mm-hmm. the fact that Christ even came and done all of this stuff for us, we can never come and boast about works, bro. No, we can't. I can never come and tell you squared. I can't lie, bro. You're late, bro, because <laughs> I'm doing this much better than you. I can go, like, bro, in Bible study on Thursday, I can't like, this was, it was such a great session because it was John 4, yeah, and we was talking about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Obviously, Jews and Samaritans don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And Pharisees, if they're seen a Samaritan, it's like you're, you're, you're the, they're yeah, the ops, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah and do you like, know the reason behind it? No. Because the Samaritans are people basically... From like back in the times, like the ancient Israelite times, the Samaritans are a race of people who are Jews yeah, and, and so, yeah, they're basically yeah. quote unquote half caste Jews. Yeah, or yeah, Jews yeah. and next man. So that's why they say, oh. you men are late because you men are not pure oh, blood. You're not pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so cool. Like, so John 4, we're going through it. And when we were going through it, we're kind of breaking down how Jesus approached the Samaritan woman. And it was like three sections or four ways that we kind of picked in a way that we can also go out and either way, when we're evangelizing or when we're speaking to Just people that to people. are yeah. unbelievers or even people in the faith that, you know, we can help whatever. Like when Jesus met the woman, he didn't come on a, oh, firstly, Jews and Samaritans don't mix, but Jesus was even there chatting to her. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So even the fact that he, he even spoke to her, it shows us that, bro, there's no Greek, there's no Jew, there's no slave. So there's no one that you shouldn't be able to speak to. Don't, we shouldn't have this... Um, shouldn't have this mentality or mindset as Christians that the Pharisees had where like they're somewhere they think that they're so higher up that they can't yeah, chat yeah, to yeah. certain people mm-hmm. they can't chat to the tax collectors so that's why they looked at Jesus they looked down on Jesus when he was chilling with the, the, chilling with the tax collectors he was chilling with adult, the adulterous woman the this the that but when Jesus was even chatting to the woman bro when he when he spoke to her he said please can I have some water that kind of humility there, bro. Jesus could actually just say, give me, bro, give me water, bro. Do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know what's funny as well? Bro, yeah? Give me water, bro. <laughs> now you point that out, yeah. You see, I, okay, I was reading the whole altercation with Jesus and the tax collectors as well. <laughs> and you know, Jesus here had a habit of putting himself amongst these people. You know, when he had the conversation with the tax collectors and that, the tax collectors never asked him to come. He mm. saw him and said, like, I'm rolling. Mm-hmm. Like he said, like, follow me, like, where's your crib? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just, like, and it's mad because you talk about that thing about putting yourself amongst people that, like, Jesus went to the Samaritan woman and asked, "Please, can I get water?" Yeah, and then obviously, she's she's then said, "Oh, but Jews and Samaritans don't mix." Yeah. Da, 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 da. Jesus starts talking about how he's the living water. Mm-hmm. Come, f- da, da, da. so he gave her an option as well, mm-hmm. and that shows us that yo, like, first you come on a humble flex, don't come on a oh, I'm better than you, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and like. It's not just, bro, in this world, you're going to be around a lot of unbelievers. You're not going to be in a bubble all the time. You're not going to be in church 24-7. When you go to work, you're going to be 
probably 98% filled with unbelievers, isn't it? Yeah. And the way Jesus even approached that, he's shown her, yo, there's a way out here. But first he was humble. Then he was like, go get your husband. He was like, go get your husband. She's like, oh, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right. You have five. <laughs> so so, so when, when we read that, we were, we were busted up because like, hey, Jesus kind of passive aggressive here because he's like, he's not, he hasn't like tricked her but he's like, go get your husband, innit? She's like, oh, I don't have one. He's like, you're right. Uh, exclamation mark. You have five. You've been basically uh, flying shady. <laughs> so then it shows us as well that he got onto her. Yeah, he called her he out. Did, he yeah, called yeah. her out. So there's a way that you even call people out. You don't go about it on a... Firstly, he was humble with it. He he made her... F- as so I like to say... Go on a personal level, level bro. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he, could, he didn't come on a... He didn't come on a... Bro, I can't like... When we were breaking it down, yeah, Pedro was moving... Oh, was going hey, Pedro, <laughs> man. Man, were going off that day, yeah? And then when we were breaking down, like, yeah, he was humble first. He gave her away. Living water, you can drink from me. You'll never thirst again. We tapped into you. Oh, that shows us that a lot of these things that we, we kind of find ourselves idolizing goes back to that sermon idolizing and that they're not going to fill you the, mm-hmm. the, the only thing that's going to fill you is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. Colossians 2 6 bro continue to walk mm-hmm. in him let your okay. roots grow down into him yeah then he gave then he got onto her but even the way he got onto her he didn't get onto her on a oh, oh I could you're, do better. you're late da, 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 whatever and that just shows us that it even sh- it brought me to the verse um, when Paul was getting onto the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians and you're saying that <clears throat> this severe letter that I wrote to you I know that it hurt you, but I'm not even sorry that it hurt you because this sorrow that you've got- <laughs> That's such a crazy this, bar. This sorrow that you've got, it's godly Jesus. sorrow that will, re, that, that repentance. will produce repentance, not this worldly sorrow. Mm. So when I saw that, I was thinking, hmm, the, the John 4 story, when you study it, I can't lie. It's one of the, it's, I, I think it's a beautiful way to approach like unbelievers or to approach people that the Pharisees wouldn't have approached or the Pharisees would have thought they're more lit than. Like even in the faith, people that you might think that they're more baby Christian than you or you're more mature Christian and, and you think that, oh, you can get onto them or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always a way to um, to call out sin or whatnot. And Jesus, when people talk about, oh, I can chill with these people because Jesus chilled the people. No. He chilled, <laughs> with, he chilled with them in the sense of like, he was around them, but he didn't indulge in what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Same way with the Samaritan woman. Bro, he got onto her. But even the way he got onto her, sometimes... As Paul said, it's got it's gonna be severe. Be there's no nice way to say certain things, you there's know what I'm no saying? But, even, no but nice even in the way that you say it, there's gotta be love there, there's gotta be the love of Christ there, there's gotta be that humility, the understanding that even the way that you're convicting these people, it's not from you, like you're not the reason why mm-hmm. you can convict them, bro. Or you're not you're not the reason why you can get onto them, you can judge them, because ultimately you're not in any better position than them. You're, you're only here because of grace. Yeah. You're only here because of what Christ has done so you can extend that same kind of grace Jesus is Jesus he could have just said you know what burn you bro <laughs> like like, and then even through that so she even went um to her town and she preached the gospel look at that and I think that's what it shows that the way you come across to people who you believe are doing the wrong thing it empowers it changes how what they do after that kind of that altercation shall I say and like even Jesus when he said on the tax collectors when the Pharisees called him like why are you doing that they said um, is it not sick people who need a physician? And it's like, it shows that his intention by speaking to people was to help and serve them. Same way, you can see that with the disciples as well. There's so many times when they were with Jesus and they were also praying for people, helping people, even Acts, you see the same thing, that they realised, if I'm in this place and there's unbelievers, people who are doing the wrong thing, even Paul's rebukes in all his letters, mm-hmm. you can see it that it's a thing of serving, helping, yeah. so that they can go on to do other things. When you look at, um, you know, like, for example, people like Silas, Mm-hmm. to people like Timothy all the people that came across the disciples they left to do 
Greater well, things. It's very, very interesting that you guys just mentioned on that point, in it? Because what is that verse that says, um, you know, acting on the, like, when the word is dead, like, the, the word's not living if you don't act upon it? Uh, James. James, too. Yeah. Would you say then, like, judging from what you guys have said, there's kind of like another big factor that, you know, in the case of, like, Jesus being a follower of Christ, he more so acted on the word, whereas they kind of, you know, spoke it out and just lived it and kind of acted in them selfish ways. Yeah. I think bro, it's um, verse, bro. is in Matthew 23 when Jesus goes on to them saying, it's all looks like you look yeah. good from the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Yeah. So you're, full of dead, you're like a tomb full of dead bones. Yeah. And it's bro, like, I think that's I exactly like what it is. Today, bro. Nah, People will see through it firstly and appearance only carries you so far. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the major things as well, that it's all about appearance. Just talk even when um you know I think it's Luke eight fourteen mm-hmm. when he's talking about prayer and talking about how you know the Pharisee that went there and he was like oh like I'm good like I pray to God like I'm yeah, good yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the guy who went away and kind of asked God for mercy and the yeah, 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 and yeah. it's like even Paul was talking about like there's a switch in Isaiah when he talks about you worship me with your with your tongue but your heart is far from me mm. oh. that's the I think that's the biggest difference you know. What you say is no reflection of your heart, really, unless it's like how you say it to people. But when it comes to like the words you preach or whatever, it's your actions. It's 100%. your heart posture, your motivation that really reflects where your heart is. And if your heart is actually being guided by the word. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's the biggest difference between a disciple and a Pharisee. Because I think people, when we, when we think about a Pharisee, you think about their abundant knowledge. And they did have knowledge. And, and knowledge is good. It's good to have knowledge. The disciples had knowledge, but it's what that knowledge is used for. You know, the Pharisees use their knowledge to elevate themselves above others and make them make themselves be the standout in society. Whereas the disciples, they use their knowledge to help people. And I think that's I think that's the biggest difference about them. Like they wear what they use their knowledge for. Because I think I think sometimes in Christianity, again, there's a lot of false humility. Sometimes, if you know stuff, mm. apply it. Do you get what mm. I mean? If you know, there's nothing wrong with knowing. I think to be effective in any scenario as a disciple of Christ, you have to know stuff. Do you get what I mean? If you're if you're a pastor, knows that. He know, not that he's lit, but he yeah. knows his stuff in it. But he uses it in a way to help the congregation, to help the body of Christ. So I think that's the thing with the, the with the disciple. Disciples had abundant knowledge as well. Pharisees obviously had abundant knowledge about the you know the all, of the, all of the laws and all that. But the, the disciples they knew their stuff as well because mm-hmm. they were with Jesus in it, so mm-hmm. they knew their stuff. But when what they used that knowledge was to help people, it wasn't to elevate themselves or to make people or to make themselves feel better or make other people feel worse they used it to bring unity to bring people to christ to to encourage other people you know for example even this wasn't the disciples but you were talking about this story recently um with um um what's the name um apollos was it apollos who only knew one he only knew, he one. Only knew one thing and then i think was it um aquila and, and priscilla no? yeah aquila and priscilla 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 and aquila yeah bro Anyway, anyway, two 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 <laughs> members from the from the early church. They came. They saw this guy like, you're, you're lit. But we know some stuff that you gotta know to be able to do this more. So do you get what I mean? They use their knowledge to help other people. Whereas the Pharisees, again, they they puff themselves <laughs> up. And I think that's the difference that we need to get into. There's nothing wrong with knowing. There's a lot of people who know a lot. Lot of there's a lot of people who know way more than maybe more than us all of um all of us here combined. combined. But Where's if you're not work? using that for helping or spreading the love of God. You, the knowledge you know, is useless. You know, you to bounce I mean? um, off that, actually, it's about you. Stop saying that, man. <laughs> stop bouncing, bro. <laughs> Crazy, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> why? What can I say instead? Following on from that, bro. Piggybacking on. But to 
continue from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting of how, like, you know, you mentioned about the disciples and one sermon, I remember it was quite a few, there was a preacher actually a few weeks ago was talking about the characteristics of Peter. And um, the sermon itself was actually focusing about personality traits that Peter had. But what made it very interesting of what you said is that when Peter developed those levels of um, personality traits, so some of the personality traits that were listed, I remember from the sermon was that, you know, it was outgoing, but I was able to apply that level of um, knowledge and abundance to try and, you know, deliver something greater. He just needed Jesus to come into his life to mm-hmm. show him that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I realised that I got from a sermon, very debatable, which you guys could say your view, but it's a, it was a different level of maturing because that level of maturing that the Pharisees kind of show was that maturing of being, as we mentioned before, that discipline to the to God's law that was sent from Moses and et cetera. Innit? But this type of maturing that I saw in the light of that sermon was more so allowing and the acceptance of, you know, Christ to really run through him and actually let that faith kind of allow his works, you know, to be performed. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 I remember when I first heard it, I was a bit confused by hearing that because I was thinking, oh, how does that then differ from a Pharisee? Because they're still, you know, maturing by, you know, listening to the law. And obviously in our retrospect, it's like, rah, cool, you know, um, we're reading the Bible and et cetera, you know, how we're not maturing in faith. But when I saw in the different light of maturing in a way of, you know, still carrying out God's act, and as we said before, as you said in James, of the word not being dead, it kind of made me think that, you know what, this really then is an avenue of, of how a disciple may differ from a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's still other ways. So. You say something interesting. Yesterday I was having a conversation with somebody actually when I was out, we were talking about the success episode, and she was asking me, ah, oh, like, what's the difference between success in the world and success for a Christian? And I was talking about kind of, it's about God's who sets your success metric. Mm. And with the Pharisees, it's like it's very interesting. What was their success metric, mm-hmm. and what made them successful, and what didn't? And when you talk about different levels of maturing, to them, they probably saw themselves as increasing. Mm. Whereas, yeah. And it's because of what they set their success metric to be. It's knowledge. It's yeah. you know mm-hmm. obedience, but blind obedience. Mm-hmm. And I think even kind of looking back at the sermons episode, one of the dangers of knowing too much is it knowledge can puff you up and also blind you. Yeah. Like, like, it says, literally, it says it, in fact, it's First Corinthians eight. It says the knowledge, knowledge puffs up, whereas love builds the church. And I think it, it blinded them to Jesus. Yeah, like yeah. the reason why they didn't take in Jesus because they thought they knew more and they much. knew correctly. And so when they're seeing the work of God play out right in front of them, <laughs> when they're seeing miracles right in front of them, when they're seeing certain things happen literally in front of their own eyes. Question: Do you think that Pharisees had faith? Some of them, the ones that believed, yeah, the ones that didn't. Um, no, they didn't. Like, I mean, somebody was even asking me the other day about like Jews and Christians, and obviously it's a, it's a weird one because a lot of Jews would say, "Oh, I believe in the same God as you. I just don't believe Jesus is the Son of God." But at the end of the day, they don't have the biggest difference. Is like it's like telling me, "Oh, like for example, let's say you say you know me. Say, yeah, I know him, but his name is Jack." You can't say you know God if you're the biggest thing he ever did. You're telling me he never did it. Like, you say, oh yeah, I know BN, but he's Nigerian. You don't know me then, do you? Like, you're telling me I'm something completely different to where I am. And so with them, the whole faith thing is, is interesting because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. To be fair, it's a weird thing to look at as well because if we're looking at instances before he died, that also changes it slightly because Jesus hasn't resurrected yet and stuff like that. So, because there are also definitely Pharisees who believed after Jesus died and came back to life. So it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a that's a big thing, kind of about how much you allow knowledge to blind you. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we don't realise how much one-on-one time the disciples had with Jesus, where Jesus knew the laws just as much, if not more, than the Pharisees. 
Oh, he did, bro. More, in fact, more. And that's the thing that that's the thing that is, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, it's not even a debate. Like, more, tapping, bro. And like that's the thing that is that's the thing that you have to realize. Like when it comes to knowledge, Jesus was clear of them, and they still couldn't take him in. And you know, have you ever seen somebody here? like they're in a room yeah, and like there's somebody who's in the room who's a clear expert in their field, and somebody else knows something, but they kind of feel a bit like. Oh man, like I don't know if you ever see like, for example, if you've been at an event or something, someone's talking about like business sign. Someone else doing business, like, but I know business man. What's my man? T- but I know yeah. more than him, kind of thing. And they just don't mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I feel like the Pharisees were a bit like that. They kind of felt like their knowledge is what that's what makes me. That's my identity. Is how much I know, mm-hmm. how much I can obey. So when <clears> I see somebody else in the room who can challenge me on that, nah, nah, he's not even look like that. Mm-hmm. And I've, that's why they tried to find so many ways to discredit Jesus because mm-hmm. they couldn't coexist with somebody who had the same as them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the kingdom, the culture of love is about. It's about service. I mean, that's the big service. Like the disciples were keen on serving and the Pharisees weren't. The Pharisees were keen on setting an example of right appearance and right yeah. conduct. And so it comes down to what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to serve or are you trying to set an example based on your own works? And I think when, it, when, it, when I think about cool, as a Christian, how can we make sure we're not like Pharisees? It's by ensuring that we're not just here for the sake of appearance and looking good, but we're actually about serving. So, for example, this, like you said, if you're lit, show that. Like, you know, but it says in First Peter 4.10, or is it First John 4.10? If those who have a gift, use it to serve others. First Peter 4.10, yeah. First yeah, Peter 4.10. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so if the only way you're using your gift is to look good, I can't lie, you're violating. <laughs> and people will sometimes try to use the excuse of, oh, but I'm setting an example to encourage people. Nah. No, <laughs> that's not what you mean us to do. <laughs> Obviously, yes, set an example, but set an example in service as well. Yeah. But that even that even goes back and um, follows on to what I wanted to say. Like service, I can't lie. I don't think like the disciples, bro. We haven't even defined disciple, bro. Yeah, go on we with it. Define disciple. Disciple meaning like a follower. It means someone who like everything you said. Basically, the Pharisees just weren't teachable in it. Like they mm-hmm. didn't want to be teachable. They didn't have the heart to be, to be humble to be teachable mm-hmm. to 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 genuinely look at Christ and say, you know what. You're kind of spitting. You're saying something here, bro. <laughs> but you know what's though? I'm so sure that there were some of them who were listening to him when he was preaching in the synagogue, mm. which is very tapped because them man is like, you know the guys here, yeah? like they'll listen to you on a one-on-one, yeah, like, bro, you're spitting. Yo, when is uh, bare man now? Nah, 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 nah. Do you get it? Like, because at the end of the day, bro, service, like obviously a disciple is, bro, I even got the Greek word, bro. I think it's metheti or something. Yeah, I mean, like Pedro. Metheti, bro. <laughs> That's the Greek meaning of, of, of disciple, bro. It means student or learner. Or mm. follower, a student or learner, or the follower, and it's like, bro, like means. service from like the disciples, or whatever. It didn't come without their full commitment to Christ, bro. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? For us to even get into this place where we can serve people, where we can, you know, um, mm. where we're able to have the empowerment to do the things that we're supposed we're supposed to do in the the kingdom of Christ, the Great Commission to make disciples of all nation, bro. You have to stay very rooted. To the, the root You have yeah, to be yeah. very committed Bro Christ talks about um, um, How can to, f- to follow me basically Take up your cross yeah. Deny everything mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying There's a level of commitment That comes with Being able to even get to the place Where you can serve him Because how can you serve someone Or serve someone properly Should I say Or serve people properly If the person that You're trying to please You don't really even know them like that You mm. feel me So the disciple One thing I liked about them Is that They were very committed Like they they were ready to die for my man, bro. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's the same kind of attitude that as disciples of Christ. And one thing that I don't like, or shall I say, I feel like churches or even just the Christian faith in general, we need to adopt way more 
is generally making disciples because we we win souls maybe, but just to fill seats. Discipling, like we we disciple um, disciples mean student learner. These are people that are being discipled. Pursuing, they're yeah. they're generally like grown into this knowledge of Christ, or they're generally grown into this understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian isn't just coming to fill the seats in, no, in church, bro. It generally means being committed, yeah. being staying committed to the branch, make making sure that you're pick, you're picking up your cross, making sure you're denying yourself. Yeah, I think of Do you know what I'm saying? Paul, when you said that, I've been reading Colossians this week, and I think of Paul in verse I want to say like 27 to 29 he says that I desire to present these people mature and complete in Christ and it can you can see his heart for the Colossian church like he wasn't he said that he was he said that I'm glad I'm suffering for you lots because I'm doing this so that I'm taking up in the sufferings of Christ because it's my aim he says I work hard and I struggle to present you guys mature in Christ and you kind of you can kind of see the difference between someone who he doesn't want to just fill seats. He doesn't want to just write letters to people to show that he knows stuff. But he said there was a there was a there was a goal, if that makes sense. And mm. like you said, I think that needs to be a goal for us that we desire to make people complete, living in the in the fullness of Christ. Because we, I think I remember we did this in a live once a couple of years back. We were talking about like if you're doing this, you want to do it properly. Do you get what I mean? You don't want to be a Christian just for. The tag you want everything that comes with it. Do you yeah. get what I mean? You want the fullness of Christ. Give me all of that. That's but when, give me all of that. When, bro, the, with the fullness of <laughs> with the fullness of Christ also comes with the, tri- yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and that's sure. what I'm saying. Like people have to count the cost. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? The Bible talks about how if a builder is about to build something, you think he's not going to count the money yeah, he needs, yeah. the the materials mm. he needs to count to. Because a lot of people they might come into the faith, but they don't really understand what it means. Mm. That's why, like, a lot of people have this like debate on like if the sinner's prayer is really like a point of conversion or all that stuff in yeah. it. Whatever we, we could touch on that, maybe another <laughs> day in it. Whatever, but like, generally, like, being a disciple of Christ isn't just oh, I, I love this. God. You come to church, bro. It requires a lot of sacrifice, bro. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, requires yeah. Uh, you counting the cost. It requires you denying, it. bro. Jesus said that if you don't, if you don't hate your mother and your father and love me more than your mother and father basically yeah. then you're not basically mine bro no, really and that just shows you the kind of commitment s- commitment that you have to do he's not, he's not saying that go and hate your parents no but <laughs> you love your parents you know you love people that are around you but you have to love Christ way more than that do you mm. know what I'm saying and sometimes that does mean that you know doing things or being in places or cutting out certain things that you genuinely want to do but you know that because you can't do this because you know that you're a disciple of Christ you have to let these things mm-hmm. go. Do you know what I'm saying? And then, then that, that allows you to then walk in this obedience that then allows you to, to, to be able to serve people, to be able to, to have a heart to do these things for, for people because you understand that count, you sharing in his glory means sharing in his suffering. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the sharing in his glory is so beautiful that Romans 8, 8, 8 18 says that the pain that you're feeling now compare, is nothing compared to, to, the, um, to the joy that will be revealed in you. Do you know what I'm saying? The glory that will be revealed in you. know, some funny as you say that. Mm. So I looked up the word for Pharisee, innit? Like mm. what it means. It comes from the Aramaic word of um, Prisaya, which led to the Greek word Pharisaios, which gave us the word Pharisee that we know now. Mm. And it means separated ones, which is very mm. interesting because that means when Jesus said that we must be set apart, in what he probably said, like when he was preaching it, he probably said you should be Parisaya, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But it says of the Pharisees, um, they were a member of an ancient Jewish sect distinguished by strict observance of the traditional and written law and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity. What that last part means is that they commonly believed that they had a claim to being superior because of how they held to the laws. Mm-hmm. And I think Crazy. it's interesting that the mm-hmm. disciples were told to be set apart. We are told to be set apart. The Pharisees saw themselves as set, set apart, apart, but it's what sets us apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the biggest difference here being relationship and intimacy compared to observance and obedience. And I think that's... Because even you see what you're just talking there about kind of about that heart for serving and sacrifice. I had a conversation yesterday with my friend about... um, Clip that one, bro. 25K, bro. (laughs) (laughs) About... um, For a sight. Is is the kingdom about comfortability? And I'm Mm -hmm. so big on saying... People debate this all the time. Being a Christian is about comfortability, but that's because your idea of comfortability gets redefined. Mm -hmm. Not because it's about soft life and all that, but because you get to the point of Paul... For, uh, Philippians 4.11 onwards mm-hmm. I have lived with a little I've lived with a lot so I know I can content. do all things yeah, I can be content, content yeah. do you get it? and it's like that's what it's about and so we get set apart and distinguished by the presence of the Holy Spirit yeah. the Pharisees yeah. get set apart because oh they my gosh adherence adherence literally and I think that's another reason that we have to be I think sometimes for me sometimes I've looked at myself like the reason why I'm special is because I can do this or because I know this and I've had to G-check myself like this is not what makes me me. This is what God makes me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I, I'm not distinguished by my abilities. I'm not distinguished by my gifts, my by my achievements. That's not what distinguishes mm-hmm. me. Because I think that's one of the key moments as a believer that you become a Pharisee. And I think for us, it's very easy as well because like, you know, you can complete a live show. Wow, this is, this is why God is pleased with me. This is why I'm lit yeah. because we've achieved this. And that's really not what it's about. Nah. And I think another thing, in um, Acts chapter 15, there's a very interesting notification where I think it's Paul and Peter they get called back to Jerusalem to counsel because basically they were preaching to the Gentiles and they were getting saved and they were getting the Holy Spirit, whatever, whatever. And then some of these men were saying, nah, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to read that quickly, so kind of some parts of the altercation that I found are very interesting, yeah. Because basically what it is is that these guys are saying, these people cannot be saved if they're not circumcised. Um, yeah. they said this unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses you cannot be saved so it was Paul and Barnabas who went back and they said that they had no small dissension and dispute with them like it was a brazy dispute mm-hmm. and so they, they got called back and then they went there and um, some of those Pharisees said that it's necessary to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses and they were talking this about salvation and one of the biggest problems with the Pharisees is that they made issues of tradition and the law salvation issues. Mm-hmm. NYA was talking about the majors and the minors yeah. <laughs> and I think the, one of the big problems with the Pharisees is that they made minors majors. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, if you want to observe them, go on with your things in it. But it says that after this dispute that, you know, that they, Paul, Paul stood up and said like, no, nah, like, you know, we're preaching to them and that God who knows their heart has acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just the same way that he did to us and he's made no distinction and he's purified their hearts by faith. So why should we make that distinction? And this is the thing that we need to remember as believers. We sometimes look for other reasons, barring faith, to distinguish people as believers. Yeah. If God has mm. distinguished them, what is our standard? Yeah. So for example, a pastor said something that I really disagreed with. He said, you can't be a mature Christian if you don't pray for 10 hours, or if you can't pray for 10 hours. He even went as far as saying, I mean, this is his church, he could do what he wants. He said, if no one can serve under me if they can't pray for 10 hours. And I looked at him and I said, can we be serious? Because if God didn't put that standard, who are you to put that standard? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what the Pharisees were on, and because he even said that um, oh, they, were keeping, so they were keeping traditions. It says that, um, mm-hmm. he says, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, Bro. which neither our fathers or us were able to bear? Bro, before you continue, Matthew 23, verse 3 to 4. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow the example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Continue. Exactly oh. that. It says that, um, bro, it says that, um, Galatians 2.16 says that, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. These guys hold traditions, and I forgot the scripture where he's talking about, some of these traditions are not even law, bro. Yeah. They're the practices of your fathers. You see the, the whole scripture Culture. about... 
the whole scripture about um ah oh, what defiles you yeah, that all comes yeah. from them saying that why do you not do you know you know a lot of the things that they were saying in that chapter about oh why do you eat with them when they don't do this are not laws of Moses yeah, yeah, they're yeah, just stuff yeah, yeah. like for them before they're like if you go to the market you have to bath before you eat yeah, oh well, yeah. you're unclean it doesn't say that um. <laughs> That particular, I'm not sure, but a lot of these stuff that they were saying, it's saying, oh, you culture kind of thing. Do you get? It? And it's like you see that in the church now. You see yeah, that yeah, in the yeah, church. Yeah. It's like the thing. you're putting extra things. So, for example, the whole movement of art. Oh, if you can't speak in tongues, you're not Christian. Yeah. That is not biblical. Mm-hmm. And Pharisees are people who they distinguish themselves by adherence to certain things that were not required of them. Even, even, and it's funny because you see that situation in Acts 15. Those are believers. Those are not Jewish Pharisees. Those are Christian Pharisees. Who are saying this stuff. And it's funny because eventually they came to some sort of um, kind of amicable agreement where they said, cool, so what we're going to do is, um, what's going to happen now is, um, there's, they, had, they basically gave them a few that they had to follow in it. Um, so abstain from giving things polluted by idols. That's fair. Sexual morality, fair. And then they said things that are strangled and from blood. And um, it says that basically the reason why they agreed on those two is because a lot of the times in the church it was mixed between Jews and and Gentiles, and it's like, cool. These men generally see this as a vial, innit? They hold this on hefty, so it's like, cool, for the peace. If, yeah, you're, if yeah. your brother doesn't want to yeah, eat Yeah, do you get me? Yeah, That's where that scripture comes from. Yeah, if your brother eat. gets offended by eating meat, don't, don't do it. Romans 14. It. But yeah. it's like, it's so important that we, be, that, we be, that we call out the whole thing of following tradition. Adding things yeah. to scripture that are not there, bro. Do you get it? Obviously, if you're in a certain setting and you're just going there to visit, let's say, for example, it's a white garment church, they wear a white garment, and they say, oh, could you please wear a white garment? Get me, if you can ground with your things yeah, yeah. especially if they're not making it a salvation thing if if you're somewhere and they're making tradition a salvation thing or distinguishing themselves like the pharisees did by following these things call it out mm-hmm. like no, that's something paul did jesus did it it's so it's so wrong and it's so like you said it's so common it just looks different like we might not we might not say things about maybe uh, again blood or something like that but again like you said prayer reading like again you're not praying at 6 a.m bro you're, you're not really you're not really live in it you're not really a christian like there's so many things that we do that maybe they don't sorry they don't see they don't seem as much of a, a drag because it's not like a blood sacrifice or all of these proper like foods not pork or stuff like that it's like it's actual christian um activity if you make sense and i think i think it's so common like we see it every day bro like people will look at you sideways oh maybe you have one quiet time a day hmm you know I've, i found myself like that before because i remember the first time because you see me yeah guys some of you gotta realize i didn't really have christian friends before these guys in it and so like we've been we? s- huh that would be i don't know I, you look I, like I, I, oh that's right like, i remember, I remember yeah. the time i remember someone said to me like i said like oh like you know like oh like oh, your bible reading this is like, oh, like i read on monday i think like first i said <laughs> I said, wait. I was confused because obviously we'd be so used to like reading every day. Every day, I didn't know it was a thing that people didn't do. And after I, I sat down and thought about, it, I was like, oh, like I mean, as much as it's good to be filled with the word, there's nowhere in the Bible it says you have to read every day. Yeah. Not that you have to anyway. It's yeah, advised yeah, yeah. in the Bible. It's advised, about, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's you don't want to be leaked, bro. These men were just legalistic. You don't. Yeah, be it's even small things like that, and I think that's why discipline is beautiful. <laughs> And setting an example of discipline, even encouraging discipline is beautiful, but not to the point whereby if you don't do this, you're late. Yeah. But yeah. projecting your standards on other people. Oh, if you don't go, if you don't go to church on a Sunday, you're you're, you're not you're not there's serious. Error, there's yeah. error. Do you get that's even even me wrong. even go certain church, denominations as well. Even certain denominations <coughs> making certain things a salvation issue that are just not in the Bible. I'm mm. um, like, for example, um, there's certain churches where you can't eat certain food or you have to go to church on a certain day. Yeah. Like, why? Brush. Do you get what I mean? That's what I mean. You have to start projecting 
And, I, and like you said, I'm guilty of it as well. I think we're all guilty. Even if we don't say it out loud, yeah, we think in our heads a lot yeah, of like, time. Like, bro, like, you know, for example, like, have you not ever been in a situation like, cool, so let's say like you're talking to a girl, a Christian girl, and then she says something significant. <laughs> like, not, it, go, it goes back to that thing of like you set yourself apart but then it's like you're setting yourself apart to kind of make it your own faith uh-huh. you know what I'm saying instead of making it you know what God has asked what God has yeah. intended everybody is, everyone is different like, I'm not, there's no one way to manage a relationship with God if I mean, obviously Bible, Bible, Bible reading says, yeah. is you know like there's ways to do it but it doesn't need to fit your structure and you shouldn't put your your structure on somebody else's structure yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe you do two quiet times a day maybe someone prays for three hours like you shouldn't you shouldn't say like if you're not doing it you're That's, not rolling yeah. do you get what i mean and, and, I, and again i've been where guilty did you of get that. from do you get what i mean i've been guilty of that i've, I've thought in my head like mm, this person really serious like because it goes back to what we're talking about the overcomplicating of the faith kind of, of thing yeah. like people are saying oh did you manifest oh you weren't blasting in tongues <laughs> we prophesied are you prophesied times times don't get me wrong in it like obviously like even with like reading your Bible and praying, obviously as you grow, as you mature, naturally you're gonna spend more time with God. Yes. Naturally you're gonna your prayer time will increase. Naturally you're gonna wanna read your Bible more. Naturally you're gonna wanna be around Christians more. Hundred percent. But when you start to make it oh if you don't do it like this, if you don't do it like this, if you don't pray for six hours, if you don't, because that's what the Pharisees are on. Then, then there's an issue there. It pushes you know someone. Saying? It can even push someone away from the. Faith. Oh, oh no, you can. It, it does. Because when, when you think of it from that perspective, it's kind of like oh, especially when some people have it glued into their mind. Sometimes when they enter the faith, they're already thinking of like a ranking thing that oh, mm. you know, oh, um, someone's doing you know better than me because say for instance he's fleeing from sexual immorality, so he's most likely to go to heaven. <laughs> say for instance now they get, sa- they get saved by God. You know, um, they get saved, you know what I'm saying, from Jesus and etc. And now they've entered the faith. They may still have that sense of mentality, you know what I'm saying? Especially that like, stuff that we've said. Even that I'm guilty of that, you know, going into it first, like having people around me, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I still go church, you know what I'm saying? I still do this, I still do that. And one thing that I saw actually that actually hit me, you know, speaking on the um, topic of this is that um, this week I was watching the sermon on Billy Graham and one thing I did is that I did a bit more research in it and I read it, well, I was watching a documentary about him about um, how he was still able to preach during the time of ra- racial segregation, in it, And what that kind of hit me is that regardless of what his status was still like, he still was able to employ them discipleships and still able to keep on going. And I feel like, you know, to kind of show and try and use that teaching for our life, we have to try and adopt it in a way of the things that we said or things such as pride to kind of like not narrow away from that, but use that in the light to then show you a new avenue of discipline and then a new avenue of um, obedience. Because let's be real, you know, it's some people could use the excuse of human nature will have the tendency to be like that, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to the incredible things and the supernatural things, you know, of what can happen when trusting ourselves and allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest into our life, you know, discipleship will be able to like come in and, you know, yeah, you know. Touched on something great there. That's another massive difference. I spoke, we spoke about briefly about the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit transforming you is what sets you apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the difference. And it's like, when you look at the disciples, so there's very few examples of Pharisees calling out other Pharisees in the Bible because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting how they react to Paul when he comes to trial because Paul, a lot of them, he grew up with them mm-hmm. and they were very harsh towards him because they saw him as somebody who didn't stick to the way. Whereas when you look at how did Jesus react to the disciples when they violated and when they did certain things, it was rebuke, you know. And look at the way Jesus responded to the Pharisees, though. He was always way harsher with them than he was to the disciples, Mm -hmm. which I think is very interesting because he understood that there's a correct way to do things. And it's like, there's a certain grace extended to, you're trying the right thing, you just need to 
Pandas, you get. So, for example, when you see with the disciples, who my man who cut off Duke's ear, and it's like Jesus's reaction to him compared to when he's telling the Pharisees that you're whitewash tombs. <laughs> and it's like even see how the disciples, by Judas, were able to do stuff wrong in front of Jesus at times and go back to him. Them lot who are having an argument about who's the greatest right in front of him, whereas Ching somehow right in front of Jesus, and it's like they were able to go back to him. Whereas with the Pharisees, it's like they had such a standard that there was a very little space for that. Yeah. Somebody smoked, somebody banged Paul in the face because um, when he went to trial, he he basically made a comment about the high priest and they smoked him in the face. Oh, but it goes it go back to the thing of like, you now hey, know Paul the truth. It's like, you know. now you know the truth. It's, it's that level of applying the level of truth in it. And one thing I like when Quabs always says that, even like us like as podcasts in general, like still continue going on, still continue <coughs> allocating and being that place and being that platform where you're serving, you know what I'm saying? Don't use this opportunity to like be lele on this yeah. thing and kind of be relaxed. And I feel like, you know, when it comes to being that separate type of figure, especially when walking in the Christian faith, is that key element of understanding that, you know what? I need to understand that there is someone out there that probably has no more knowledge, knows how to apply it even better, knows how to, you know, maybe move someone the way someone else moves someone, you know what I'm saying? And the reason why I'm saying this right now is that I've spoken to Bianmi a lot about how he started his evangelism in it. And like, one interesting thing that you've actually said that I'm surprised I haven't mentioned yet is that um, when you first started the evangelism thing, you thought subconsciously in your head, or people thought that, raw because you started it, you'll be the best at doing it type of thing, innit? But... If you were to have that type of perspective, what a Pharisee would have, they will be thinking, yeah, yeah, I am. And then, cool, I'm going to set the pace. I'm it's so funny. It. So many times you come out, guys are just moving brazy. I'm there. I'm, guys are encouraging me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's the beat of the cycle. It goes back to the thing of what Quabs was saying about learning. You know, mm. I think we've talked a lot about the pride, but it's the learning aspect from it. When yeah. you learn, the humil- um, humility. 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 Hum- <laughs> 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 I've been watching to it. PK Humble, bro. <laughs> humility. Crazy. <laughs> I can't. I can't like on the roll today. You know, he had another humility. Nah, crazy. Humility is it, it crazy. Goes, it goes back to that humility thing in it of like that learning aspect. Of it, you know what I'm saying? And, and 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 it's beautiful that you know when you do know that truth, always understand that kind of like learning aspect from it and be humble yeah. in that experience. Yeah. Then that discipleship can come through. Even what you're saying in terms of like, hey, just understand funny. like you are on a journey. I think it's recognizing because I think that's a, why the Pharisee aspect comes into it naturally for us is that we forget where we came from, and you always talk about that Isaiah fifty one verse one. Never yeah. forget the quarry from which you, you are mined. Exactly, <laughs> and I think that's why I think so. That's why when that's, that's why when we see other people mm. were were able to were were able to come across like a Pharisee and put them down because we forgot we were once there. If that makes sense, mm. and I think that's I think that's so so important. And just lastly, quickly on uh, being a fa- I think the number one thing with Pharisees is that they. They weren't comfortable people to be around. Mm. And as a Christian, you have to be comfortable. Because the, 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 the adulterous woman, she felt comfortable around Jesus. The tax collectors, they felt comfortable around... If people can feel comfortable around Jesus, they should be able to feel comfortable around you, if that makes sense. Because Jesus knew perfect, more, knew more, perfect. He knew everything. Pharisees knew everything, yet they weren't comfortable people to be around. And we don't want to be Christians that... We can't go into the world and do anything. If people, when you come across them, they're putting up... You know they're putting. They're, they're scared. They're almost scared. They can't be around you. You have to be someone as a Christian. You, if you're not comfortable, if people aren't comfortable around you, not comfortable to sin, but comfortable, <laughs> like comfortable around you in the sense they can relate to you. They can go down on a personal <laughs> level with you because and they can even talk about this. They can yeah. talk about their mistakes. They they feel like they don't need to live up to you. That's something that to be fair. Sometimes that's a bit 
on uh. both sides. You know, some people feel like, oh, he's a Christian, so I've got to up my yeah, game yeah. around him. But people should feel comfortable around you. Your knowledge and your and your understanding of Christ and your faith shouldn't make people Push feel people away. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Like, like, that's really it. The essence of it is about being teachable, being comfortable. And I think something I'd encourage everybody to do is read the Bible and look into Mark 2, some of the um, Acts 23, I think it is, was it Matthew 23, sorry, when Jesus is calling mm-hmm. out the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And like, have a look at who the Pharisees were and what they were like and reflect on your own walk and be like, how similar am I to these guys? Because there's probably, there might be things where you're struggling with pride, where knowledge is puffing you up, or sometimes when you're looking up to a pharisaical standard, mm-hmm. like you're seeing people who have loads of knowledge and you want to be like that because of knowledge. Mm. That's also something that's very dangerous. That sometimes we're not like Pharisees, but we want to be. Yeah, and I think it's true. It's, it's so important true. that we we reflect on these things. How much are we holding tradition? How much are we loving others? How much are we going down, putting down our privilege to serve? And all of these things. How much are we actually being like disciples? Because Jesus makes it very clear through his treatment of them that mm-hmm. those are the people that. He builds them up. He served them because they availed themselves to be served. How much are we doing things out of fear? How much are we doing things out like of fear? If I stop doing it. If I do, if I do this, I'm, I'm cooks. I'm, I'm not a child of God. Like I, remember I was talking to somebody and they said, uh, I mentioned something. They're like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. I'm thinking, oh, you're not a saved believer. <laughs> and it's like, so, so yeah. Like I think it's it's a, it's a really interesting thing, just kind of to reflect on what's the quality of our discipleship before the Lord, and to what extent are we behaving like the Pharisees as saved believers? Because when you're a Pharisee you do a disservice to the rest of the kingdom because you can't serve well. It's and true. so, yeah. And you, and you, you um, take advantage of the grace of God or you, you treat it as meaningless. Yeah. That's what Pharisees do. Because if it's about There's what no you grace. can do, then what's the point of what he did? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Humbility, we out. Man. Humbility, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Word of the week. Word of the week. Yeah, man. That was a great episode, guys. No, we out. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, how it goes. Solid.